What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is the Hockey News Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's Matt Larkin here with my fellow senior writers, Ryan Kennedy to my right and Ken Campbell to my left. We're at Enterprise Center in St. Louis. The skills competition has just been completed, and there are a lot of exciting storylines tonight. I think some good, some bad. So let's go through each event and kind of give our thoughts. I know you'll have many thoughts, fellas. Um, let's start with the simplest, the one I feel like is the most elemental, kind of like the 100-meter dash in the Olympics. It's the fastest skater and the big story, of course. Connor McDavid has been dethroned. Matthew Barzell, he wins the contest he, he does not set the record that still belongs to the Larkin family Dylan Larkin's got it okay I don't care about where he started from that year the Larkins still have the fastest skater title but Matt Barzell wins it this year is this a changing of the guard has Connor McDavid been permanently dethroned or will we see him back on top later oh I I, I, th- I think that we will see him back on top later I was actually really surprised that Nathan McKinnon finished fifth because I thought I, I, I thought it was going to go McDavid McKinnon or maybe even McKinnon McDavid because to me those are the two fastest skaters in the world bar none uh, so I was a little surprised at that um, and I was talking to uh, McKinnon afterwards and he said he was saying that he felt he went a little wide so it's I mean part of that strategy and everything too so I think it's one of those things that if you held it again right now some other guy might win or if you held it tomorrow you know another guy might win but uh you know i mean mckinnon's or mcdavid's you know had his issues with his knee and that's probably part of it as well um but you know i mean you're right matt there was a lot of really exciting stuff that happened tonight it was it was very 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 like very compelling i detect sarcasm Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it was it was really interesting to see Matt Barzell get that kind of platform because if you talk to skating experts, they will cite him along with McDavid and McKinnon as two of the most technically proficient skaters in the world. So to get that sort of validation, I thought it was very interesting. And you know, I mean, Ken's right. Could have been McDavid. Could have been McKinnon especially based on what we have learned in the past couple of days about the extent of McDavid's knee injury at the end of last season, it's amazing that he's still at the level that he is, that he can come within a hair's breadth of winning the competition. Uh, But having said that, full marks to Matt Barzell for having that great lap and really using his crossovers and, and just getting that really great elite skating performance out of himself on a big stage. And he was so tight. It was the cornering and just his turns were extremely tight. I'm just glad nobody fell. I find like, yeah. as a, maybe as a parent, like, a, and Mira Heiskanen fell last year and I'm always nervous when they're whipping around those corners. I think they're going to fall. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm just like, no, be careful. Please be careful. Uh, so it, it was reasonably exciting. I don't think it was the, the star of the night. Um, also not the star of the night. I, I think Save Streak. And I've been a defender of Save Streak because I like the idea I said on the podcast earlier this week of an event that has a record that can be broken year to year. Uh, But there's something about the energy of Save Streak that I feel like it takes too long, it's too elastic in its its length and I think the crowd energy that feels like they're losing interest. So, I don't know. I'm wondering if it needs to be changed up in some way. I I wouldn't put it near the top of the events tonight. 
Yeah, I thought day two of the save, save, uh, of save, save whatever the heck it is we're talking about. Day two of of the three day save streak event was was probably the most compelling day. It's like the Tour de France. Come on. Right. Like that's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I I would say do four goalies instead of eight. You like you pick four, and the one flaw in the system is. The fact that if you have a save streak going when you get to the end of the players in your division, then they keep going after that. So you get sort of weird results where a guy could give in a goal on the eighth shooter and then stop nine in a row. But then another guy gives up a goal, you know, on the second shot and has a great streak after that. But then if he gives up a goal at the wrong time, then his streak ends. I I think there's, there's just little tweaks that would have to be made to salvage it. And maybe... Maybe it's just time to to try something else for the goalies. No, don't try something else. When they try something else, it goes badly, very badly. I think the problem here is that Gary Bettman was talking before before the skills competition. He talked about he was very proud of the fact that they get games done really quick. Two hours and 27 minutes is the average length of an NHL game now. This thing was three hours and two minutes tonight. Three hours and two minutes. That's too long. Don't even do this stuff. Like, I think you do... Shooting accuracy, skating, hardest shot, and the women's game or something. And you keep it to an hour and a half, two hours, because this is, uh, like, I'm sorry, guys. This was slow death for me. Uh, one thing I can say is at least, you know, according to what Pecorine said a couple years ago when they first started Safe Street, he said that goalies like it because it's finally an event that's for the goalies mm-hmm. as, as opposed to something that just sets up goalies as cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. So at least as of two years ago, the goalies like it because they feel like it's finally something that is their own. And they do get to be the star of that event. It's all about them. So that's something I think that's worth noting. Uh, I, I think that if we're talking about which was the weakest event of the night, I, I think it was the accuracy suit shooting. Jacob Slavin did set a record. But we barely saw it because certain angles, the way the, the ads were placed behind the net, if you were in the crowd, you couldn't even see the net. They got rid of the targets. You, couldn't, you didn't get the, the star foam breaking. Some of the targets were just falling down when they weren't even being hit. It was just kind of a disaster. And, and something that was not broke. And they tried to fix what was not broke yeah. ever since the days of Ray Bork. It's a simple event. People like it. I don't know why they had to change it. So I, I say thumbs down to the accuracy this year. Yeah, it seemed to take... A long time. Even though it's a short event, it was very much without drama because of the fact that they went high-tech when they really didn't need to. Yeah, go back to targets. If you don't want styrofoam, do blocks of ice or something fun like that. Something where it's visceral. Yeah. That's the key. Or, like, put the guy, like, a guy that if they had a big rivalry or something, like, put, like, yeah. guys from that yeah. other team, their faces on there. Like Zach Cashin like, for Matthew yeah. Kachuk to shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, the stuff like that. Or, or some guy, if he had a rift with his coach, like, put his coach's face on there. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Like, go back to the exploding targets. That's what made it so neat. And then you got these guys skating out there, and they're putting this plexiglass in front of it. And it's it just, like, like... You, you get some good momentum going with the fastest skater, and then and then you got these two events, and it's like, yeah, yeah. you know. So I agree. Yeah. And speaking of momentum, I, I think the runaway 
best event of the night was the women's three-on-three. And I think, you know, after the event, uh, Kendall Coyne was speaking about how it took them a little while just to get used to the legs of the three-on-three, the bigger ice, because uh, they're used to, you know, four-on-four, five-on-five. Um, but I think after that first minute or so, when the kind of they found their legs, I think it was end-to-end action. There were breakaways. I think the goaltenders, especially Debian, stood on her head. Uh, so it was a 2-1 game, but it was one of those good 2-1 games where it was there were a lot of chances, a lot of breakaways. All three goals were really nice goals. Rebecca Johnston and Hillary Knight, power move. And, of course, Daou Meldido with the, with the game-winning goal, really nice snipe. Uh, so to me, I think it was a big win. I, I figured it was going to be a big win. Um, what do you guys think? I thought that it was clearly a crowd favorite, and it brought a different tempo to the night. It also brought some good drama because it was a close game, because Debian was standing on her head. Uh, I know you hate that cliche again, but that's okay. Um, because it was Canada versus the USA, you had all that organic drama, and I think that's why it really worked, and I thought the length was good, too. You know, Hillary Knight was saying she would have loved to have a third period, but she also lost the game 2-1, to one, so um, I think that the two 10-minute periods was just right where they weren't going to get tired, you know, it wasn't going to turn into a defensive battle. There, Like you said, Matt, there's tons of chances, and I, I just thought it was, a, it was really good hockey. Yeah, I thought it was outstanding. It was outstanding. And, and, you know, to your point about the beginning, I think part of it is the fact that these, these players aren't playing this year. You know what I mean? Like they're not playing. They're not playing every twice a week right, right have, now. You know things like Dream Gap, but it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. not it's but, not constant. But you're not like in the CWHL where you play every weekend, right, or whatever. So I think that might have been a part of it too. Um, but I thought the game was very very competitive. It was very intense. Um, you know, it's a bit of even a bit of physicality yeah, yeah. for three on three, which you're not going to see on Sunday. Um, I, I I personally think that we saw the best three on three game of the weekend tonight. The, nothing that that the guys are going to do on Sunday is going to be as entertaining as this was because they don't care. The women care. They care. There's a lot of pride on the line. Like, I mean, Canada and the U.S. are, are the two eminent hockey powers. They're, they've won every, between them, they've won every world championships. Canada's won 10. USA has won nine. So it's, they're right there together. USA's won the last gold medal. And, you know, so it, there's a lot on the line, even in stuff like this, I think. And, um, and good on them for putting on a great show because... That's what, you know, that's that's the whole purpose of this thing, right? And I think the question that's on everyone's mind now is what's next? And is there, you know, is it a good step because it was positive publicity, got a really great reaction from the crowd? Is it a step towards maybe the NHL being more interested than before and participating, helping you know, sponsor or launch a unified league. I think after, you know, some of the players were asked about it and Hillary Knight sort of had to be diplomatic and kind of not officially answer that. Um, but Kendall Coyne did have an, have an idea of just what would be the next step. And she said, how about international, bringing in more countries? So if they do it again next year, you have maybe, you know, Sweden's in it as well or something like that, Finland, and you have multiple countries. You know, maybe it's, a, it's a f- kind of like what we have for the men right now. It's four teams. You could do a four-team mini tournament. I think that would be another step in the right direction. It basically would become almost like a full all-star game but for the women yeah and, and i think and gary bettman alluded to this before and he said there's going to be more of an international flavor to next year's all-star game so i'm assuming that means there's going to be maybe one team from Canada, one team from usa and two teams from wherever else right world the rest of the world um or whatever but but i i was thinking about this and i don't know maybe there's insurance issues or contract issues but to me i would have liked to have seen the vote in be like 
one player, you know, one woman gets to join each of the teams on Sunday to play in the game or, or maybe play against the guys in the game. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's... maybe Then you have fewer players yeah, instead of... You know, yeah, whereas yeah. you got, like, you yeah. know, 20 players playing today or however many it was. Right, exactly. But And maybe that's unfair to, to expect them to be able to hang with, you know, the NHL guys. But the way they approach this game and the way the NHL guys approach the game, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the women are... <laughs> better yeah. uh, the hardest shot so the hardest shot was fun we you know we, we saw the return of Shea Weber here I think he topped 106 miles an hour didn't beat the Zidane Ochara record but uh, the uh, I think it was still exciting to see Weber sort of back on top um, but I also think there was a bit of a conspiracy theory Al McKinnis comes in he fires I don't know if it was a hard shot or not but it was you know 100.4 miles an hour some people are saying on social media Twitter stuff like that <laughs> that it was stage just to make him look good. I don't know what was going on with Al McKinnis, but what are your thoughts? I thought it was fun that they brought Al McKinnis out. I actually tweeted just before the event, it'd be great if they brought Al McKinnis out, and then sure enough, they did. I thought they did a really good job bringing big Blues alumni uh, throughout the evening. I thought that worked really well. They, they got the graphic up really quick. I will say that on the on the 100.4. It was quicker than they did with the NHL players, but I did really enjoy the return of Shea Weber, because I feel this has been such a great season for him in Montreal. After suffering through injuries the past two years, it really feels like we're getting Norris-caliber Shea Weber back, and people like the big shot, and that's Shea Weber's deal, and he definitely delivered. Yeah, I think at the very least, Shea Weber's in the periphery of the Norris conversation right now. Yes. Um, for sure. You know, he's on pace for 54 points. His career high is 56. That would be the second highest... Uh, point total he's had in his career. Uh, I think you pointed out, Matt, that in his last 82 game NHL games, he's got 19 goals and 50 points. That's a great season by any defenseman's standard. So, I, I mean, that's that's really good, and and, that, and that's great. The thing with Al McInnes, I, I don't really know. I I was hoping they'd have like a you know punch a guy in the head back of the head contest and Chris Pronger could have come and done that or cross check or spearing contest or something. He could have come and done that. The one he would have done was like getting the guy like right here, right in the back of the leg. He used to do that all the time. That would be great to have that contest. Now that's the kind of stuff that would be That'd that be, would be an I'd, I'd be all for Spear it. a guy in the back of the legs contest and have Chris Pronger start everybody off. I love it. <laughs> so uh, of course we had the, if there was a gimmicky event of the night, of course it was the introduction of shooting stars with players firing pucks from the crowd uh, I don't know. I think I give it a C minus. It was a neat idea, um, a little repetitive. But the main thing is, at least from our vantage point in the press box, I couldn't see. Like I would just, I would just follow. It was like trying to watch. Like when you're playing golf on a cloudy day, and you hit the ball in the sky, and you're just looking at the clouds. Like I, the, the the orange puck would go into the air, and I'd just be like, mm, and I would guess. I'd just see what the crowd was doing, and be like, hey, he got it in or didn't. I have no idea. So I don't know what needs to be done to make it more visible, but I just, I, I didn't know what was going on most of the time. I didn't really know how they were scoring it. I was just pretty confused the entire time. Yeah, I, I think that with some minor tweaks, it could be. A pretty good event. I, I didn't have any trouble following the puck. I liked that they made them orange. I thought that helped. Um, you know, talking to the players afterwards, there was some reticence. Some players thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was definitely a tough event. I, I think what it has going for it, it's it's a tough event, but it can be TV friendly because of the scope of it. Whereas there have been events in the past that players have said 
they really enjoyed like the mini net passing and the you know the gates with the the puck relay i thought those were tv death but the players liked them because they were actually hard and they could respect the skills of their peers with this one it's hard but it's also yeah it's kind of gimmicky but it was i thought it was fun to watch and I think if they tweak it a bit with where the targets are and how the targets are shaped, I think it could be a pretty fun event. There was some good and some bad with this one. What I really liked was actually the fact that the, when the guys and, and the women uh, went up to, to the platform, they went up through the crowd. Yeah, that was fun. High-fiving people, and, they, and they, I could see they had, like, uh, ball caps, and they were giving out stuff. Like, that's real connection, right? Like, that's that's how you connect with people in in this kind of situation, like when you're celebrating the game and everything. I thought that was really good. Um, I, I heard someone say something like, uh, yeah, oh, the players were with you as well. They didn't know what was going on through half the time. Like, the <laughs> like even that, the guys doing it? No, no, I don't know what the guys doing it, but the ones that weren't doing it, they were like, I, I didn't really understand it too much. And, so, and they were probably like checked out by that time anyways. But but, uh, but um, I, I just, yeah, it was, it was okay. And I heard someone say, uh, well, they're probably not going to try that next year in Florida. And I'm like, yeah, they will. They've done stuff way worse than this in the past. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Oh, yeah, way worse. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I consider it, it's a work in progress. So, again, that's why I say yeah, C minus. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's, a, it's like it certainly wasn't the worst moment of the night. Like, it was okay. I mean, it got a little long. It got a little bit tedious. And, and that, it, it, it might have been great. I just couldn't see it. But <laughs> if it was great, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it, it was okay. okay. I don't know why some guy didn't just try and shoot. When, when, the, when, the, when it was 22 in first place, all you had to do was shoot over that thing, put it in the net seven times, times four, and you had 28. Right. I thought that's what Ryan O'Reilly was going to do. That's what yeah. they should have been doing. Instead, they kept trying to hit that stupid arch, and it's really hard. Yeah. So anyways, that, that's what I would have done. And it, But that's chintzy, and who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> we're not going to care about any of this. Like five minutes from now, we're going to forget who won all this stuff. Maybe. No, not me. You know what I don't forget? That the Larkins remain the champions <laughs> of speed skating. It's Matt Larkin. It's Ken Campbell. It's Ryan Kennedy. That's it for tonight. We'll be back Saturday after the All-Star Game. So you mentioned earlier that three-on-three is new for you guys. How did it go? Oh, there, was a, there was a lot of ice out there. I think it, it took a little bit to get the legs going and get, rid, get used to the rhythm of three-on-three. Three. We're definitely used to four-on-four. Four. I think you could see that at the end there when we pulled our goalie and Move the puck a little bit more, but um, it was just a phenomenal uh, 20 minutes. Uh, so much fun to be a part of. But of course, we want the win. Um, you know, but credit to Team Canada for taking the, the 2-1 win and uh, both goaltenders. How phenomenal were they? Oh my goodness! Uh, for for women's hockey this this whole weekend. Yeah, I, I think it it, it shows uh, you know how great of hockey players we are. Um, you know, I think you could see the skill. You you could see you know the puck movement, the speed. Uh, Etc. And um, for the NHL to uh, allow us to have this platform to to play the game, we know how we can play in front of so many people. Um, you know, it, it really shows uh, the strides that this game is making, and um, you know we're making it together and collectively, um, and that's really special. What's that moment like after it's over? You guys are looking around at the crowd. What are you feeling in that moment? Sorry, can you say that again? It's it's over. You guys are looking around at the crowd. What are you feeling in that? Oh, the crowd was awesome. They were they were into it and. Um, you know, it's 
it's something that you dream about. It, the day that, you know, there's routinely that many people watching women's hockey and they're sold out buildings. And so to have that here tonight uh, for three on three alongside the NHL's best is just incredible. And, uh, you know, to be out there with them afterwards and, you know, talking to them, whatever they just did, whatever we just did. And, um, you know, we're all hockey players and, you know, that's what that, that moment meant. Kendall, you participate last year, then you have the three on three this year. What's the next step? Uh, what's the next step? I think, um, you know, in my opinion, I'd love to see, um, you know, some other countries involved. Uh, you see the NHL's best here. Uh, it doesn't matter where they're from. You know, it's the best of the best. And, um, you know, there's some phenomenal players from all over the world. And, you know, the, the opportunity that that would provide to show how many uh, phenomenal ho hockey players there are from all over the world to be on this platform uh, would be incredible. Um, you know, one, one defenseman, I think in particular, Jenny Hirakos, is one of the best defensemen in the world. And, you know, to have her on this platform would be incredible, and the world needs to know who she is. But we haven't had that platform yet, um, so I think for me it would be uh, to see some some more influence uh, from other parts of the world. NHL will, will happen at some point. Yeah, we that, that you know we would hope so, and you heard her talk about it before you know before. I think she answered it pretty perfectly. Do you feel that this is now a staple of the NHL All Star Game, having women involved? Uh, you know, I think every time we've come, we've we've proven ourselves, and um, you know, we've put on a good show, and um, I, I hope so uh, because it, it's it's a tremendous honor to be here. I think when the 20 of us got the invite, you you saw people's families immediately booking trips to St. Louis, wanting to be a part of it. It felt like you know we belonged. It was an honor that we got the call to be a part of the All Star Weekend, just like the players did. Um, and you know, so many of our family members are here. And again, you know, there's so many of our teammates that aren't here that that could be here. It's a tremendous honor to be here. So um, I I would anticipate women being incorporated uh, moving forward. And I think next year that would be in Fort Lauderdale, if I'm correct. I think I saw that press release. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I said a little bit earlier, you know, it's a, it's an atmosphere you dream about often. You want to see a full building of people supporting women's hockey. And we know we can get there. If you build it, they'll come. If we have the right and proper infrastructure day in and day out, you know, we will, we will have that many fans routinely. So to hear that full building was awesome and the USA chance I, I mean that's my that was my favorite part um, and I actually had a mic in the whole time so I got a, had some Kenny in my ear I had you know some Canadians in my ear some teammates in my ear so it was a it was an awesome atmosphere <laughs> yeah it, it was it was definitely challenging um, there's a lot of ice out there and I think you know some of our legs were a little bit heavy uh, We've been doing a lot this weekend. Uh, not your typical warm up and you know prep, but um, you know I think everyone adjusted pretty well. And you know who, we're gonna have to practice because overtimes moving forward are three on three. So uh, we haven't we have we start training camp on Tuesday, so I'm sure we'll get some reps in in there. Still got it, I guess. Uh, next question. <laughs> That was awesome, yeah. Obviously, a guy that I watched growing up and uh, admired his game and obviously uh, tried to take as much as I could from, from his game and mine. And um, Seeing him out there talking to him for a few minutes was uh, was definitely an awesome experience. Pretty impressed when he broke 100 with the wood stick? Yeah, you know what? I asked him if I could use his wood stick to see if I could do it too, but uh, yeah, it was uh, 
It was just, yeah, it was a special night. I think a lot of those, uh, the old blues, it was cool. Uh, I watched a lot of those guys growing up, played against a couple of them, and uh, it was definitely a, a cool thing. Uh, no, well, like one of my sticks, I did I did something in the summer a couple of years ago. I tried some old, I uh, uh, did a thing for National Geographic or something, used some wood sticks and uh, pretty, much, pretty much blew them all up. But uh, last, I guess, before my first year of uh, Junior Beast, when I was 16, I was still using wood sticks. When you're the Yeah, I think even leading up to it, you know, the expectations obviously, everyone's expecting you to do well, possibly, you know, get higher than before and whatever. So definitely a little bit of nerves to go with it. And like you said, as they kept shooting, the scores just kept getting higher and higher. And I was hoping that it wouldn't be as high just to feel more comfortable, but it uh, definitely worked out. Are you impressed with Elias Peterson? He's not the biggest guy in the eyes, but he can shoot the Yeah, I, I asked him before, and he said he just got below 100. So obviously, I. You know, you know he can shoot it, but uh, it's never really, uh, it's, it's such a different uh, way of shooting the puck for most guys. You know, nobody really walks into it for that far, so you don't know, uh, guys don't practice that, so it's hard to, to really replicate that. I want to say it's a loss, but we've seen fewer slap shots, resulting goals, and it seems to want to get it off the quicker and use some quicker sticks. That's kind of, is it becoming sort of a loss? Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure, I think. Like you said, everything's quicker now, the speed of guys, the quickness of guys, and um, a lot of guys, yeah, they tinker with their sticks more, the curves, the lies, and um, obviously the flex as well, but uh, I'm a guy that's always liked what, you know, I don't like to change. When I find something I like, I don't like to change, so just keep it, uh, keep it the same. Talking about the fans here tonight, it's exciting for them to see you guys playing in this, in this you know, fun spirit competition. Let's talk about, you know, this is also the fans. Yeah, of course. Obviously, without the fans, we wouldn't be here. So it's uh, a great experience for all of us. We don't take it for granted. It's uh, something that we cherish. And obviously, having them, uh, you know, whether they're booing uh, Patrick Kane or cheering for their home uh, for their home guys, it's uh, it's a fun atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I met him for sure. Yeah, I was uh, definitely kind of. Uh, not take it back, but like I said, I was, he was a guy that I watched growing up, and obviously his shot and his style of play was uh, was awesome to watch and to actually meet him. You know, he was a, uh, to me a lot of those guys that were stars, and I looked up to. It was pretty uh, pretty surreal to, to get a chance to meet him. Is he, is he kind of the, just a model guy when you guys were young and growing up? Yeah, for sure. For you know, he was a guy. Obviously, anyone that wanted to shoot wanted to shoot hard like him, or obviously Al. I'm afraid he was ripping it back then too but I think his game and um, some other you know for for us young kids some other defensemen that uh, we may have looked up to he was definitely one of them. What do you think about the women's game? Did you, did you get to see it? Then I guess uh, yeah uh, not complete yeah. and uh, from start to finish but I caught some of it and it was uh, it was exciting it was up and down the ice and uh, obviously the score wasn't really indicative of all the chances I think uh, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of downtime. Like I said, it was just back, back and forth, no matter what they were going for. Just the big targets. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I was just telling um, someone that it was more nerve-wracking doing that than doing the shooting accuracy demo, um, just because it's something you don't do, and, you know, we practice, but when you have to wait and you're in front of fans, it's a little bit different. But it was a lot of fun. 
maybe a scale that we'll see moving forward. How long did it feel like it took you guys to adjust to 3 on 3 because that's a new format for you? Yeah, a long time. Um, we haven't played 3 on 3 and I can't even remember last time. Um, but I felt like we settled in really nicely in the second period. Hopefully we can have a third period next time, but um, hats off to all the women here that are continuing to grow the game and continuing to compete at the utmost level and it was a lot of fun at the end of the night. Did they, did they bring you in at all beforehand to shoot off the platform to practice? Yeah, we got a couple shots, yeah. yeah. I think the hard part is um, you get into a rhythm and then when the crowd's there you kind of have to wait and you're waiting and waiting and then you get in your head and um, it's more difficult. But when you're competing against Patrick Kane, I mean, it's a little hard to hit a target. <laughs> it seemed like nobody was going for the close targets. Like If they did this again, do you think maybe they start at center ice? and go from there? Maybe. I mean, having the, the biggest target as the most points was interesting. Um, when we were practicing the other day, hitting the threes, the closer ones, was actually more difficult mm. um, because you couldn't really judge the distance as well. So going for it and going big was kind of the strategy it looked like. Yeah, it, um, it was a really heartfelt moment. I mean, we made history here and in front of amazing fans. Um, to be a part of this group is phenomenal. To have Cami Granato and Jana Hefford involved, um, NHL support. I mean, we're doing big things, and time time will come, and women's hockey is going to be on, on the same platform one day. But uh, it takes time, and we're really excited with the steps that we've made so far. Do you feel that women's involvement in all-star games is now a staple moving forward? I hope so. Yeah, I think uh, when we showed up, we've killed it. Um, obviously, what Kendall did last year, um, you know, was was phenomenal for our sport and, and raised the visibility more so. You know, there's a lot of people that say, you know, the women aren't fast enough, but uh, when you add a metric like that, you're like, oh, we're pretty fast. So, um, you know, it just takes time and it takes uh, a little bit change of behavior and patterns and getting the sport on another level of visibility, and I think we're working in the right direction. Exhibition, but did it still feel like that Canada-USA rivalry out there? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's it was tough because we were in the same locker room, so um, you know we're trying to like have a plan and they have a plan. And um, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to do the same things and fight for the same things. And uh, to be able to make history tonight and have a lot of fun doing it is, is you know a dream come true. How big of a deal was the exposure of tonight? Just the national TV broadcast, first three on three game. Yeah, I think uh, it was phenomenal. It was a great opportunity for everyone. It's, it's a great opportunity for fans, um, people who aren't necessarily introduced to women in the sport. Um, also for that young girl who is looking at the TV who can now see a women's hockey player and aspire to be that. And I think that's what we're going to continue to do is raise the visibility, increase the programming, and uh, if, you, if she can see it, she'll be it.